Hello and welcome in to another episode of Podcast 63, Season 3, Episode 20. We did it, y'all. We won Arch Madness. We're going to the dance. We're getting our shoes on. I don't know about you, Lou, but I had to dig deep in my closet. I had Christmas decorations. I had a pumpkin that I had to throw out. I had my 4th of July ornaments. Wait, anyway, my shoes, my dancing shoes are way in the back of my closet. Um, Have you gotten your dancing shoes? Are you ready? Yeah, no, uh, 100% ready. Um, They have these, like, weird bees, like, all over my closet, just weird Mm -hmm. red letter bees. I just kept stomping them and throwing them away because it was just disgusting to see. And then I found these shoes, and I was like, you know what? Let's put them on, put a nice little bow on it, and let's go dancing. Good. I'm glad we got our shoes because uh, we're going to be dancing for a while. And I know I got those nice insoles, so, like, my feet are not going to get tired. We're going to be dancing for weeks. So Here we go. There we go. Um, yeah, so I'm glad y'all are joining us for this episode. It's going to be fun. It's all good stuff, all good vibes. Um, we're celebrating. We are looking forward and, um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to celebrate the team that won, uh, both the regular season and Arch Madness this year. So stick with us. Don't forget. Always remember, go Blurs. He jumps. He passes out to Hunter. Hunter shoots. Off the rim. Rouse scores. It's over. It's over. We won. We won the ball game. And welcome back. So like I said, um, regular season champs, Arch Madness champs. And honestly, Arch Madness kind of wasn't that close. Like I know there are other circumstances, like, you know, we're playing SIU, SIU's down, Marcus Domask. You know, then we're playing Indiana State. I mean, they had all their guys, although Tyreek Key was a little banged up. But, you know, it's a team that beat us during the regular season once. Um, and then we're going against Drake. And, yeah, they're out Tank and they're out Roman Penn. But still a team that beat us without Tank uh, by one point. So there's no gimmies. I mean, these teams are fighting for their lives, especially, you know, Drake and Indiana State, who, you know, they thought they had a legitimate shot. You know, Indiana State's beat us, like I said. They, they thought they could beat us again. Drake, same thing. And they've already got a great resume, so they, you know, they wanted to make sure to they could win it all and not leave it in the hands of the committee. But we took it to them, all of them, double-digit wins, all of them. Um, I would say none of them really were in doubt. Like in the last like ten minutes of the game, I mean, yeah, it was it was close with Drake at times, and you know, I think they even tied it at twenty-four all in the first half at one point, but it really wasn't all that close. And I think for me, that's the most surprising part. I really, especially with our last few regular season games, I just, I thought we had been struggling a little bit, but uh, we really found our stroke from three. Um, Cam really was dominant the last two games. Um, Our defense was suffocating. Um, And for me, yeah, I think, I think the story of, of our tremendous was our shooting. Uh, Lou, Give me your 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 overall take. Give me give me what you thought like was most maybe most surprising or most enjoyable for you. Uh, definitely was uh, just kind of the ease of competition nearly, and I'm not saying the teams weren't there. Granted, SIU was down Lance Jones when they played us, but didn't expect though to nearly win by 30 points. Um, Indiana State, a team that's beaten us, nearly winning by 20 points. The Drake game, that's totally fine. I love the competition there. But the first two rounds, I'm pretty sure we gave guys nearly breathers. Um, again, I think if you really look at it, 
no one played more than 30 minutes. I think that's mm-hmm. crucial. Cam only played 21. I thought that was crucial. Certain guys stepped up and some young fellas played, and I think that's probably going to be one of the golden moments or at least my shining moments of the whole Arch Madness. But, again, just love the first two rounds, setting us up to compete even harder um, in the final round in the championship. I really do think that set us up for success, being able to spread the floor, spread out minutes, spread out guys scoring. Um, and really, really appreciate it, though, um, the next level that the starters all committed to. I think this tournament was about our starters and our starters mm. stepping up. Um, I do think before you've seen like different bench guys take different roles, and that's totally fine. And again, when I say starters, I have to include Tate Hall. I know he didn't start any of these games, but he's a starter in my eyes if we could start him um, as much as anyone who does start. But those guys played the minutes, and I think that core group of six really set the tone each and every single of the three games. And it was just really exciting overall. Yeah, it was. Um, I think the first thing I want to mention is the all-tournament team. So obviously, like, the most outstanding players, I think always, I don't know if there's a circumstance where it hasn't been from the winning team. Um, so Cam was the most outstanding player of the tournament. Uh, he was joined by Braden Norris on the all-tournament tournament team. And then the other three, uh, Joseph Yosefu from Drake, Tremel Murphy from Drake, and Gage Prim from Missouri State, um, which I don't really have any complaints. I mean, I would like to see three Loyola guys, but, like, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't think the guys really care that they weren't on that team. Um, yeah. I mean, Joe, no. Joe Yosefu, like, I, I do have to say, like, dude played out of his mind the past, like, month. Like, honestly, the, like, what Roman Penn going down, he hit, like, well, he had a game-winning shot in a regular season, too, and then he made the game-winning shot against Missouri State um, to send them to the championship. Like, uh, he was he's crazy. He's going to be a problem, uh, like, in years to come if he sticks around because, dude, he is a really, really good player. Sorry, what were you going to say, though, Lou? No, I, yeah, I, I agree. You, Seth, I Just my only thing is I, I thought three could have done it, and I do think – especially in the final game, makes a huge impact. I thought Keith Clemens definitely deserved it. Mm-hmm. Um, just his shooting was just phenomenal um, this tournament. So, again, like I think they all said, and even a few of them said in their kind of the pressers, was it's not really about the individual awards at all. And that's just so impactful, I think. Mm-hmm. I definitely think Braden Norris stepped up and deserved it. So, But, again, I think you just love to see your guys. All, I think all, I'd love to see all five of our starters get on the tournament team, but that's not usually how it goes. So understood a great tournament. Uh, those guys who got there, they all played hard cage prim. What I think a double, double nearly, um, yeah, every game. Uh, so that was crazy. And then the two Drake guys, I think those two guys really stepped it up for Drake when their two stars are down. And that was impressive. And again, they gave us some trouble and it was just really that you impressive to see them step up. But again, uh, most, most, uh, Improved overall is just seeing uh, Braden Norris and uh, Cam then just leading that charge. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. Yeah, um, I think probably the best place to start, let's just start from the beginning of the tournament. Uh, we might as well start with the Southern Illinois game. Um, so, yeah, like you said, coming into this game, Lance Jones had just hurt himself in the game prior uh, against Bradley. Um, he was the dude that put up 30 points against us just like you know a week before. Um, and to not have him going for Southern was definitely difficult. Um, they have other talent, but he is definitely like their lead, uh, ball handler slash, uh, you know, driver and all that kind of stuff. So that was definitely difficult for them. 
probably a nice break for Loyola, who I kind of felt like hadn't had a ton of breaks with like roster shakeup and injuries throughout the, the year against some of their tougher opponents. So that was nice. Um, and this game was pretty fun, honestly. Um, you know, we had we had guys like uh, Jacob Hudson getting major minutes. Cooper got a bunch of minutes. Uh, Tate um, even had like Baylor and Pax get in there for a few minutes and score. Um, but I think probably the most like eye-opening part about this game was that really early, and I think I think he was even the first one off the bench was Huddy. Um, coming in for Cam, giving him an early uh, little break, and he scored like a layup and one, like right away. And it was like first or second possession. And I think everyone was kind of like, oh, is he going to be playing? Like, is he? Act- is this just like a matchup thing? Or does Coach actually like him out there? And I think throughout the tournament, that question was answered that he likes him out there. And for good reason. I mean, he came out, he had seven points in the first half. And those were all important baskets. Like, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that, we weren't that up by that much. A um, couple really, like I said, the and one early on. Um, he had three rebounds uh, and an assist. Um, and then he hit two uh, threes in the second half, which is super fun. And it may, it's what makes him different. Um, and uh, I, I, I came up with a few little awards along the way. I know you you you've been a little busy, so I don't want to I don't want to like pressure you with these. But I have for Jacob Hudson, my award is the Jack in the Box Award. It kind of is like a all of a sudden he springs out and he comes into action. He's got 13 points and three rebounds, and I mean, dude was just that was just fun to watch him play all three games. Really, I, I it was it was fun to watch him play. So um, my 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 award for Jacob Hudson for over these three games is the Jack in the Box Award. Um, Lou, what what did you like about this game? Tell me, tell me something good. Well, I love the start. Come on, 10-0 run just right in the beginning. Um, really, really just uh, crazy. Um, Jacob Hudson was our first uh, substitution. Um, he came in with just three and a half minutes, pretty much off the clock. That was really interesting. Um, I think overall, I was very impressed with how, granted, maybe with Lance Jones being out, um, it makes a difference, but this. Southern Illinois team, both games kept it close to us. And we knew kind of how to handle their defense. Um, I think Brian Mullins knows kind of some of our little weaknesses because he was an assistant coach and kind of led majority of these guys and taught majority of these guys how to properly defend, properly ball. So it was really great. Um, I have to give my hats off to Porter putting in Jacob Hudson. I don't think I would have – I couldn't have guessed. If someone said it to me, I'd be like, no, why would Jacob be going in? He's never really gone in an entire year. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to go in. He just, that's not has been Porter's game plan. So, yeah. like, it, it really just takes a step back and be like, did he have this plan all the time, all along? Did someone say it the night before and just say, hey, um, is Tommy Welch a little hurt? Like, I was really, when I saw this and I saw these minutes, I was really trying to understand where is this coming from? Um, and again, is I think it paid off, and I think personally he was something that was really interesting to see throughout all three games. This game especially, though, 13 points, 5 of 7 from field goal, those 2 for 2 from 3. I think that's pretty interesting to see. He went 2 for 2 for 3, and Keith went 2 for 4. Uh, just to think that Jacob Hudson was our best 3-point th- shooter that game really just excites me. Um, but like you said, I think you say best, that's what makes him 
uh, different that makes him his own. He that's how he feel comfortable there. I don't think if you really had um, the chance, Cam would be up there as much. Cam loves being down low, um, so I think that's just really great to see that mix uh, mix of type of player that Jacob is, and actually just to see him out on the court. He got 15 minutes, 13 points in 15 minutes. I thought that was crazy. So really interesting. Um, just really, really great overall to see uh, from the first game. Yeah, I mean, I think the next guy we got to talk about is, is Braden Norris. Uh, 11 points, nine assists. I, I might, I don't think he got any. Like, I think this is his season high for Loyola. I know he had 10 over 10 assists in a game his freshman year at Oakland, but I think this is his season high this year for Loyola. Um, also five rebounds and a block shot. What the heck? I don't. I don't even remember that. But I have to go back and watch it. I mean, he he played great in this game. I don't. I don't know what more you could have wanted from Braden Norris in this game. Especially. I mean, yeah, the score is lopsided, but it just shows you that he had the ball in his hands a lot. He was making great decisions. He only had one turnover. Um, I mean, he only played. You know, he played 28 minutes, which is the most on the team. So he probably still got some time in the second half when the game might have been out of hand, but. Um, I think he just, he just had probably one of his, probably one of his best games for them at that point. Um, the only, the other game I can remember was against Richmond, um, when he just like went off in the second half. And this was like a kind of a different game where he had things under control. He was leading the team. Um, I thought there were games this season where he looked good and under control and, you know, leading the team, but this game, he had a huge impact throughout the whole box score, points, assists, and rebounds. Um, Cam only had eight points, six rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block. Um, 21 minutes. He just really didn't need to score. Uh, they were scoring in a lot of different ways. Um, Lucas had 11 points, four rebounds, an assist, and a steal. Um, he hit three threes, which is pretty nice for him. Really great to see. Um but yeah, I mean, otherwise, Tate had a good game off the bench: six points, five rebounds, three assists. I have an award for him, but I'm going to save it for game two. Um, I don't know, Lou. What else? What do you What do you like? Anything Anything more you want to add here? Yeah, no. Um, o- overall, just the the game was really interesting because I think the first half really I thought that's just oh a 13 point lead. We've seen that before against Southern. And it was like, oh, they're going to cut it back. And no, it was just consistently going, going, going. Um, I really think, uh, really, really enjoyed kind of the different rotations that were out there. Especially mm-hmm. Jacob was in there. Um, I know it was only six minutes, but Paxson was even in there. And he popped, made a three. Uh, I think Cooper had like 10 minutes. So really just interesting to see when we have, when something we really didn't see throughout the season, to see it at Arch Madness. I think Porter was really trying to like emphasize guys getting breathers yeah. for the next upcoming game. So I think having these guys be able to step up and score was also great because you had what Baylor Hub with four points, Paxson with three, Marquis uh, Marquise with uh, two, uh, Jacob with thirteen, and Tate with six. That's all bench guys right there. So I really thought it was really cool. Um, I have to say, Marquise Kennedy four steals. Um, really, really kind of just intriguing because, in my opinion, this defense is not just – it runs through Lucas. I absolutely do think that. I think Lucas sets the tone for our defense and how we, like, handle the pressure. But I really do love seeing guys like Kennedy. And then, again, we'll talk about in games, especially the Drake game, 
just the presence of being aware on defense of when to go for the ball and when to be smart with it. We, we do see sometimes guys get – they bite too much and they jump ahead and they get beat. But then, it, in my opinion, they're learning still, but also they're getting comfortable on defense. And I just love seeing that in young guys like Kennedy, who's only a sophomore, get so kind of comfortable on defense. And almost, again, just the leadership by Lucas, I think, on defense is just great. So that was something that was interesting. Again, didn't really give uh, SIU a chance. And I think after the last two games we played against them, uh, I was happy to really just kind of have more of a, oh, okay, we're going to win this game and not question what was going to happen in the last minute. Yeah, I think that's it was important for their psyche, too, to know that mm-hmm. they could do it. Like, like it, 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 it really weighs on you when you're only winning by a little bit. And, yeah, everyone says, oh, it toughens the team. It makes us better. It gives us a chance to have these snows. Yeah, sure. Like, of course, that it, that's true. But there's a different feel when you beat up on a team and you're shooting 48% from three and, you know, like, and turning, they return them over 13 times and, um, it just, it's a different feel and it makes you, as a player, it just, it's just different, man. Like to, 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 you feel like you're on top of the world. So for all these guys to get in, all these guys to make shots, like you mentioned, those bench guys, like it just had to be super cool for the team. And I think this game really like set the tone for them for the rest of the tournament. Um, uh, just, just, uh, shooting wise and like, um, I don't know, teamwork wise, but yeah, um, uh, the score, the final score, seventy-three forty-nine. Um, we are moving on. We we're going to either face the winner of Evansville and Indiana State. Um, kind of interesting, I would say, storylines on both sides for both both games. Um, you know, we we did we played Indiana State earlier in the year. Um, we won one and lost one. Evansville, on the other hand, we did we did sweep them, but both games are very close. Both games are very. Uh, back and forth, Evansville had great shooting, so it was really you know, kind of pick your poison with with who you want to play. Um, Indiana State did end up winning. They played like insane defense, if I remember, against Evansville. I gotta look it up. I think they only let up like forty. What they? Uh, they had forty three points. They had forty three points the game before to to Evansville, who is an excellent shooting team. Uh, we come in. Um, also, Greg Lansing, who unfortunately is not the coach there anymore. That's a different story for a different day. Um, he was one win away from tying the record at Indiana State for becoming the winningest coach in Indiana State history. So, lots was riding a lot was riding on this game. Not only just uh, a, a berth for the Arch Madness Championship, but a lot of other stuff on this game. And um, we came out and just shooting the absolute bejesus out of the ball in the first half. Uh, went up 42-28. Um, I mean, man, it was just like everything was falling. Um, and it was uh, – the threes were just between three different guys, uh, Keith, Braden, and Lucas. But, man, they were pretty um, – Cam was doing his his best uh, down low. Um, you know, we had uh, here, like, driving the hoop. Um, and, uh, you know, even had a, a bucket off the bench from Marquise. But – uh, the final score of this game was 65-49. Um, and the last thing I'm going to say before I hand off to you, my award for this game goes to Tate Hall, and it is the Heart and Hustle Award. Um, we, we saw him make plays all week, uh, or all weekend, I should say, uh, all three games. But I thought, especially in this game, a game where he doesn't score. He did not score, yet he still had six rebounds and two assists. Uh, he had a really a couple really important offensive rebounds. One I think late in the game, if I don't if I'm remembering correctly, 
Um, yeah, he didn't have a steal, didn't have a block, but dude was just hustling all over the place, stealing rebounds from guys. And I just think like it's something special when you don't score and you still have a huge impact on the game. Um, he's just the ultimate competitive competitor. He's sacrificed the most on this team this year, um, going from a starting role and all MVC last year to, to, to neither of those things this year. Um, and just, he really, he really deserves his roses because I just respect the absolute hell out of him. So, uh, Lou, I take it away. Tell me, tell me some stuff you liked. Um, tell me what caught your eye in this game. Uh, this was the starters. Like, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure only one person, yeah, one person scored that wasn't a starter. And that was Marquise Kennedy with two points. Um, this game was really impressive because I think the starters just really were like, hey, we don't want to give Indiana State a chance. Like, we just don't at all. Um, the first half was we put up 42 points uh, to their 28. Um, absolutely just, like, pedals of the metal, I felt. Just with this competition of going back and forth, going back and forth, it was six to eight that we were, and then, then once it got that close, all of a sudden we were up nineteen eight, and it was like, whoa, whoa, what's going on there? And it was just like we just kept going, kept going, and I was just really impressed that the starters set this tone of just, hey, we're gonna go out there, and they're all, in my opinion, it was like just a cohesive group of guys just benefiting off each other. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it just shows you because one of my favorite stats, and this might be one of my favorite stats. I think Drake might have a similar one, but here are the starters' assist numbers: Cameron Crutwick four assists, Lucas Williamson two assists, Keith Clemens three assists, Ahir Ugok three assists, Braden Norris one assist. Like every single starter had an assist, and almost every starter had two, two or more. Mm -hmm. And it was just crazy to me to really think that they were all there in their mindset. It's like Hey, that extra pass, kind of that that mentality. It was really exciting. I think we could do like single, like Cam got double double. That's great. But when I, you look at a box score, and then when you just watch it, it was just like the starters were there to play, and they were there to kind of get comfortable and get ready to be like, hey, we got potentially Drake or Missouri State coming the next day. That game's going to be kind of tough, and Indiana State actually beat us, and we just can't give any like kind of chance for them to beat us again. So. Really, yeah. really excited about that. I, I thought, I'm just building off that, like the defense, I thought played a hell of a game too. Yeah, like our offense came out firing. But that, that second half, like it was a low-scoring second half, quite honestly, between the two teams. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought that was more, like, yeah, there's some tired legs in there. But, like, I thought our defense just played so good. Um, Cam had three blocks, uh, mostly against, I think, uh, Trey Williams. Um, I thought... Uh, Tate played really good defense. He had to guard LaRavia at times. Also, what is up with ESPN having LaRavia as a guard? That's sorry, that's that's just not right. I mean, he's a forward, <laughs> at, if anything. But um, he was he was Ding him up. I mean, LaRavia has probably two, three inches on him and probably 40, 50 pounds on him. And and uh, Tate was not budging. Um, he really challenged him every shot. Yeah, he, had, he only had 13 points. He shot less than 50% from the field. And then our leader, I mean, Lucas Williamson, was on Tyreek Key almost all game when he was in. And Tyreek Key was 4 for 13. He had 11 points, and he didn't make a single three-point shot. I mean, I don't know what more. And he only got to the line three times. I think the, one of the games earlier this year when they won, he got to the line like 14 times or something absolutely nuts. So... They played excellent defense. They didn't foul. It was just 
a clinic, I thought, defensively um, from from these guys. And like you said, it was it was the starters mostly. Um, you know, Tate had his his shots and so did Keith, but the, the starters carried the load here. Um, like you said, Cam Crowick double double. Um, I hear Ubach had a couple of really fun dunks. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that was just really cool to see. The one where he got like a screen from Cam and he was able to go baseline and finish. I was just like, yeah, that was an interesting one. I thought they were gonna call foul or like kind of a moving screen, moving screen or something. But it was just really nice to see kind of a sweep. And you do, we never really saw that, but it was really nice to see that little dunk. And again, it it's kind of funny when you think about these dunks. It's like people think it's like oh no. Uh, there was a dunk in the Drake game, which I'm going to uh, talk about. But, like, <laughs> here gets in there with the dunks, and sometimes he's not afraid to dunk, and then he'll he'll miss it. And quite honestly, you think Porter's probably saying, why yelling, saying, why don't you just try it for a layup? But I do think it's interesting to see a here's present when he goes for the bucket. He's not afraid to try to bring it back and just go down on it. So it is it is it, uh, an excitement level, I think. Yeah, it was fun. Um I do have one gripe from this game, and that's okay. that Jake Bowman did not make his three-pointer. I'm really oh, upset. Oh, that's right, yeah. He almost hit it, man. It was so close. Um, but no, in all seriousness, like, I this was surprising to me. This game, I mean, there, I would say Indiana State and Drake are both pretty surprising. I, I almost think this one might have been more surprising. I, I really thought this game was going to be close. I thought Tyreek Key really gave us problems. LaRavia is a tough matchup. He's a little too quick for Cam. He's a little too big for I hear. You know, I, I thought that was going to give us some problems. Uh, Julian Larry, actually, I think he's a freshman. He, I remember him being a pest on defense and really disturbing a lot of what we did, um, like in press and stuff like that. Um, I just, I, I thought for sure this game was making me sweat. Um, no, it was. I agree. No, I agree. I think I, I totally agree with the sentiment on the fact that this game was the game that it was like, could, could Indiana state kind of be the one that stumps us from getting to the championship again? Yeah. Um, because again, is our path. We had Southern and we didn't have Bradley. So Southern just played us tough and then we beat them and it was like, okay, but Indiana state had one of our, one of our numbers this year. They had, they beat us. And it was like, mm-hmm. this easily could have been a game. I did not expect this type of big scoring that <laughs> like nearly 30 points. So, or sorry, 20 points. Um, so, like, just didn't really expect it at all. Thought it would be a little bit closer. But uh, the leadership, the, the the starters, I think, really just made the impact. So, I, I would think this was almost – this out of all games actually was my wow game, to be honest mm-hmm. If I had to I, give out an award, it would be my wow game. Yeah. I like it. I agree. And, again, 42% from three. Uh, it's just kind of a common theme I'm going to keep bringing up. But, yeah, um, final score is 65-49. Um you know, I, I was feeling pretty good. I kind of didn't care who we played the next game. I was just kind of hoping that Missouri State and Drake would go to triple overtime. And they, <laughs> I mean, they kind of almost did. <laughs> they almost went to overtime. Um, but yeah, so then our next matchup, like I said, would either be Missouri State or Drake. And it was, there's, I mean, we, we got to talk about the drama, which was the fact that Northern Iowa was not allowed to play their uh, second corner. Yeah, second round, quarterfinal. Um, game against Drake. Um, it seems I still feel like it's a really sketchy scenario, but from well everything I can tell, they did register a positive test of some sort. Whether I this still hasn't really, no one's really said if it was a false positive or not. Um, but there was at least some um, 
uh, doubt or, or discrepancy that it might not be a positive COVID test. Uh, the league was under the impression and Doug Elgin took responsibility that he believed that he would be able to make the decision or that the league would. Uh, well, it turns out that since the stadium is public property, that it is under the discretion of the municipality or like the city. So St. Louis and their guidelines were much, much more strict than the ones that we have been playing on for our, our whole season. Um, I think, I think actually Jacobson said the coach, head coach at Northern today on Monday said that like, if this was a regular season game, we would have played it. And just basically was saying like how much of a shame it was. And like, you know, the end of the season for these guys. And, um, I actually really thought Northern had a chance to, to beat Drake. Like, honestly, like I, I think they were, they just had started hitting threes in the second half of that game. Um, so just, I don't know, Lou, do you have any more thoughts on it or? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because we, we have, again, I guess it's the city of St. Louis, not really the state of Missouri. Um, I don't know. Again, you hear the side that didn't get to play. I didn't hear anything from Drake saying they wanted to play or Darren talk about how, yeah, it's totally unfair. There might have been a question in his, in his post-game conference after the game of Missouri State. I'm not too sure. But I think they did, and he just said we're focused on our next game, basically. Yeah, so, um, again, is I, I think there'd be – someone could say conspiracy. If Drake ended up winning it all, what would happen? But you know what? Um, personally, I think it just sucks because you and I really only had the chance – any type of chance for any postseason was through Arch Madness – so I think um, you and I, and Jacobson himself is a great coach. He has a great history. And his history at Arch Madness isn't always mm-hmm. being the one seed who wins it all. He's mm-hmm. won it, I think, as a fifth seed, as a sixth seed, potentially, I think, mm-hmm. where they've won it. They've won the three games. They've won the – I don't know if they won the four, but they've won the three games they needed to win, and they go to the NCAA tournament. So I think Jacobson's just kind of more pissed like any coach probably would is he thinks his guys played. Um, I guess the one thing was someone said – that I was reading today was that it actually wasn't a player. It was just a tier one personnel um, who tier one personnel includes people who are close to the players, coaches, coaching staff, medical staff, managers, trainers. Um, And then again, there was this whole word, the false positive thrown around. So I don't know. I think again, we're not, I, I, the way I chalk it up to personally is like, if Alabama can have Nick Saban test uh, positive and then that day he takes like a thousand different tests and he then 90, 999 of them say he's negative. Yeah. Um, I just, maybe you could have just ex- maybe seen you and I get another test done. So that's all I got to say on it. There's nothing really we can do about it now. I feel bad. I think everyone should have played. Uh, but again, is I also think of safety. So if it was that serious, they did work for all in protocol. Again, we've all followed protocol this year. It's just a bad timing. Again, kind of interesting to see how this will impact also uh, NCAA tournament because that's kind of the procedure with NCAA tournament. Like, what is going to be around? Granted, all the games are played in Indiana, the state of Indiana. So, are different cities having different rules? So, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely a shame. Um, I can see why the coach was upset, especially if that's true. Uh, about it being potentially like a trainer or, or someone that's not a player that would be as a as a player i would i can just imagine being so frustrated that it wasn't even one of them so 
Yeah, but anyway, so moving on from that, that's such a uh, uh, dark spot in this tournament. But uh, Drake did get to move on. So Drake was going to face Missouri State, who uh, they had just beaten. Why am I drawing? Uh, Valpo. Missouri State had just beat Valpo. Um, and Drake and Missouri State, uh, you know, two and three in the tournament. Um, very, very good teams. Both of them extremely talented. Um, neither of them are deep. That's actually kind of the, the most interesting part, I think, to me. Missouri, they both play six guys, really. Maybe mm-hmm. seven in Missouri State, but mostly six. And uh, it was a dogfight, uh, no pun intended, um, the entire day. And I really came down to the last possession. Drake had the ball, tie game, and Joe Yesefu had a, a really, really nice layup um, up and around Gage Prim. Um, for for the win and and Missouri State's half court shot did not go down so um, lots of uh, you know I'm sure Drake was feeling real great coming off a win like that um, you know we're rolling up coming off two really big wins big big point spread wins and um, and it, it was it was a dogfight again I, I I I'm sorry for repeating that word but like those two teams Loyal and Drake I think I don't think it's a uh, I don't think it's hyperbole to say they hate each other. Like after what happened at in Des Moines, you know, we win by what twenty seven, they win by one, and they're chirping at us walking off the court. I mean, we were chirping too, like for sure. I'm not saying we're innocent, but you know, like act like you've been there before. I don't know. I I just I think it's it's something special. It takes something special to 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 be chirping after losing by twenty seven the night before. So. Uh, but I, I think on the court it showed too. It was a little chippy, some pretty physical, a, a technical on both sides, which we will talk about. Um, ultimately, you know, we we continued our really hot shooting from three. We shot 58, 59%, nearly 59% from three in this game. Um, uh, again, mostly three guys, but uh, Tate did hit one off the bench too to join Keith and Braden and, and Lucas from three. Um, I mean, this game was just like it was. It was fun. It was fun to watch. I actually, I have to kind of like inter- interlude with a, a story, a personal story. So I was coming back. I had a family emergency, um, and I was I was driving back, um, and I wasn't going to be able. It was going to be close, but I wasn't going to be able to make it in time to watch the start of the game. And I don't know about you all, but. I can I can listen on the radio to a game that's not very important, like a regular season game or non-conference. There's no way in in heck that I am listening to the Arch Madness Championship on the radio. Like, no offense to any of the radio guys, I you, you do a wonderful job, especially the sportscasters. Like, it's it's a difficult job. Don't get me wrong, but my nerves would not be able to take that. I I, mm-hmm. I need to see what's going on. So anyway, so I I you know I get home after the game starts well I'm not wa- I'm not gonna I'm not just gonna join into a game a live game because like if they're winning and then they start losing it's my fault right because I wasn't watching it the whole time I'm very superstitious so I had actually texted Lou and I was like okay only text me if they're up 10 points let me know what the halftime score is but past that I don't want to know I don't want to know unless they are for sure going to win so He's texting me updates and then eventually gets to a point where it's like under four minutes to go and they were up like, I think like 11 and I turned it on and then I had to leave again for another <laughs> another medical thing. Um, and so I didn't end up getting to watch the whole game. 
um, until like like an hour after it had ended and I had known the results. But um, just like a, a crazy way to watch it. I was actually able to watch it with my dad, which was super special because um, we really haven't gotten to watch any games together this year just with COVID and all. Um, and it was it was super fun to watch them win. Um, anyway, I don't know. Enough about my personal life, Lou. What? Take take it away. Tell me what you like. Tell me what, what, what you thought was great from this game. Yeah, I think for those watching at home, we just had a tip or caps to the Houston uh, Cougars men's basketball team. Uh, <laughs> for If you didn't realize, their game was on against Memphis ahead of ours. And Memphis just hit a three-pointer with like 1.7 seconds left to tie the game. And I see on Twitter that the game has officially started down at St. Louis. So all of us watching at home were, were really hoping this game wasn't going to overtime because we didn't know when we were going to watch the game. And what do you have it? Houston drew up a play and hit a bounce to inbound pass and hit a buzzer beater with the backboard, and we got to go straight to Arch Madness. So I just had to tip my cap to Houston Cougars men basketball for not making me have to miss more than 42 seconds, I think it came back on, or maybe a minute and four seconds, I think it was. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think this game, I have to – it was scrappy. Um, again, a little ch- chippy in the beginning there. There was a moment where Cam, uh, I do think if you look at it, uh, Keith kind of did lean into, I think, was it Wilkins or might have been uh, Hemp, or not, it might have been uh, Murphy. Murphy. I yeah. forget who um, it was. It wasn't Yesifu. Um, but uh, a little chip in the beginning. Again, uh, I got to say it. Uh, Keith Clemens, do whatever the hell you want. That was not a technical. Um, I just absolutely crazy to think. Uh, but just toughness. Like Keith Clemens saw that tech, and you know what we did? We went on a 9-0 run. Again, it mm-hmm. was someone thing I think said it best in the post game. It was a game of runs. Uh, that we yeah. had runs that went on. They had runs. So really impressive. Though Keith Clemens, I think, showed his grit through this game, and as well as I tip my cap to Braden Norris. Braden Norris at some points, and even I saw here, but Braden Norris clearly, because then it led to the tech, was getting punched. Like, yeah. this kid was getting beaten up, and rap, these refs were somewhat of the most lackadaisical guys I've ever seen. These were guys not focused on, really. They were just like, oh, which, and maybe they were just letting the boys play, and that's fine, but it's kind of messed up when you're giving Keith Clemens a tech for just staring at, when he's right next to the bench. And then I think that Yesifu's foul was also not a foul but then he does a little showboat thing and gets a text so that was a little weird but Braden Norris man I tip my cap no matter what he was going through he stepped up and not afraid and I think that was just everybody as well we had Keith and Braden just not afraid to take a shot and be they were comfortable Keith looks really really nice I love his shot now I think it's really come full circle and it's crazy to think oh you only like his shot now Personally, I didn't really see a lot of his shot last year, and this year, a lot of his shots in like the first eight minutes. He's really known to like do a few quick two to three threes, and then mm-hmm. you really don't see his three go out. But he had three threes, but they were consistent. And then also though defensively, he and Lucas. But like it was so interesting because I, I love Lucas's defense. But this game, I felt there was a leadership from Keith and Ahir on defense, mm-hmm. and it was because Ahir had two steals. Braden had three steals. I'm surprised Keith in the box score doesn't have a steal. I'm pretty sure he tipped it and, like, got all that. But, again, those, like, on-ball defense plays really led to so many runs and fast break points. And that's something, like, that was one of my surprises. This was a surprise award. We had 17 fast break points. 
We yeah, actually are wow. not a team to really get fast break points. We're a team that usually will push it up unless there's a wide open person ahead. We'll bring it back and reset, and that's totally fine. We're just that's not one of our kind of skill sets is fast break. But we had 17 fast break points. That that was really interesting. Again, led by this, led by the starters again here. Uh, Keith, Cam, and Braden uh, really leading the way. 20, 20, and 13. Cam two rebounds shy of a double double, but I didn't think that mattered at this point because he had four assists. Really, just making his present known. Um, there was a jumper by Cameron. Just got to say, jumper was activated yeah. there. And lastly, though, Cameron Crutwood was six of six from free throw line, and it was really great to see that because they were fouling him toward like I think the last four minutes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, trying to just see if he would miss, and he was just consistent, and it was really impressive. Uh, to get that, uh, and pretty much, and we were 13 of 15 from free throw line, one miss from uh, Kennedy and one miss from Braden, um, and that was just really great to see us when we got to the line there at the end, really just make our shots. Yeah, I got a uh, so you were right about the starters, but I thought in this game, and you had mentioned Tate was a st- pretty much a starter anyway, but oh yeah, Lucas went out with two early fouls. I think he only played five minutes in the first half. And Tate came in and did not miss a beat. He played outstanding on both ends of the floor. He's made he made one of the best hustle plays I've ever seen. How does he not have a steal? Wait, that's that has to be wrong. That's because, the thing, yeah. It's so interesting, these box scores. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, he dove on the ground. Two Drake players ran into each other, and he passed it up court for a perfect layup. I mean, it was just like that was the most beautiful play I've seen all season from on defense. Um, my award for this game does have to do with Keith Clemens, and <laughs> it is the Swag Award, and it goes to Keith Clemens. Um, I just saw on Instagram earlier that you know they're all posting their their pictures, and and it was it was from Lucas, and it was a picture of him and Keith. And he titled it "Mr. Shoot Your Face Off." So I I I wonder if we got to start calling him that. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. He's just like so deadly from three. He is he's he's developed himself into, I think, quietly our best three point shooter. Braden, I think, puts up can it can hit from anywhere. But Keith is is consistently hitting from three. Um. So yeah, swag award for Keith. Um. Not a technical. I don't even care at that point. I was just silly. Like he didn't even he shot it. He didn't turned say his anything. Head. Just turned he his head. Yeah, he didn't even go back towards him. If he would have taken a step towards him, if he even sure. pointed, pointed, he didn't even so point. Silly. So silly, so silly. Um, I don't think I, I, I don't even think Coach probably cared about that one because that was ridiculous. But, no. um, Tate just huge, huge, huge minutes. Um, I really loved seeing him get important minutes because I think, the, like especially that second Drake game and then Valpo and SIU. I don't think Tate really felt like he had his role was a little mixed up. I think um, I don't think he played a ton. He wasn't really hitting. Um, he had one three in this game, which is super nice to see. Hopefully that carries over into into to March Madness because that would be clutch to have him um, spotting up every every you know now and again. Um, but yeah, I I think uh, uh, like you said, like it just Cam, Braden, and Keith were just so great for us. Um, my favorite play of the game I, like offensive play of the game i'd have to say was um i forget when it was probably eight minutes or six minutes ago in the game it was the shot clock was winding down i think cam had the ball but i could be wrong and lucas cut through the zone he got a perfect pass he went up and he, he shot it over two guys got fouled made the basket basket and then made the free throw and just like 
I, the scene doesn't cut a ton through the middle, I've actually noticed. Like, they like to pass around outside and kind of find guys back door or Cam drives in and finds a cutter. Um, but that that play for me was, like, all instincts for Lucas. Like, they don't draw that up, right? Like, that's him looking, realizing something on the fly, making stuff happen. And I just... As like oh that that just that gave me like the chills honestly that play was just so so good his reaction was everything um that was that was just a fun fun play um and I don't even know you could go on and on I mean Ahir had six points but seven rebounds three assists and two steals um Braden man that was the best game Braden's played of his career at Loyola it's not even close um 20 points three assists three steals and a rebound. He had four turnovers. I honestly couldn't even remember one of them. I like I I was trying to think of it earlier. And I one was, of them. One of them just was the press break. He got oh, double teamed in in the corner. And again, is that that in my opinion that stuff? No, Braden played an absolutely terrific game. I think that's one thing takeaway. I think we've talked about this multiple times. We need to learn how to break a press. Um, yeah. that, that but I'm not really gonna get into negatives here. But that's just yeah the one thing. But that bothered me about our press break. But Braden. Hats off to him. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just it was just fun, man. This game was super cool and well, lots of good feels. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I, one point I want to talk about, and yeah, again, I apologize. Yeah, you know, Tate to me is a starter. When I say starters, I think of those core six guys. Kennedy's coming in again, kind of also the sixth man of the year. But again, if Tate, if Tate didn't, in my opinion, if Tate didn't start as many games as he did, and he he easily would have been sixth man of the year up there potentially. Yeah. Because if you look at Tate, Tate had four assists. Tate yeah. was not afraid, and they were they made a on on the on the broadcast on TV. They made it a really a big note to talk about how they look for the open pass, and there was a great I think it, yeah it was Keith's um, technical three um, that it was just that extra pass the one okay one more pass and Keith was just wide open, yep. and that was just so great. And I think Tate actually was the assist man on that pass because he was at the top of the key. And that's the thing is guys like Tate, they know when to score and they're not afraid to score, but they're also not afraid to give up that extra pass for that wide for that better shot, that better like you could say percentage shot or just the better look shot when these uh, teammate yours is wide open. So really great. But again, is I think Tate overall, guys like Tate and Ahir, two things that I have to say since this is, is that they did during this tournament was mm-hmm. rebound. Like, yep. absolutely rebound. Both Tate, it might have been the Indiana State game. I think Tate led it more. Um, this game was absolutely here. Um, even though Cam led with the eight rebounds himself, I, I think here and Tate throughout this tournament were all about rebounding and being aggressive with the rebound. They were not afraid. It was actually a moment early on where I think Tate and Kennedy, they both went up yeah. for the rebound and it went up. So I, I joked to myself, Okay, guys, there was not a single Drake player there. Maybe we could – but, again, is that's just what you're saying is Tate, when he sees the ball, he's going for it. Yeah. He's go, grabbing for it. So I think, like you said, it, it's not about the points merely, especially for some of our guys. They make such a huge impact assist-wise. Four assists from Tate. The rebounding. It's, in games like this, grabbing a rebound and then just pushing up the court makes a huge difference. So absolutely excited to see guys, kind of role player guys, find niche roles to play. And that they're really, in my opinion, really, really good and comfortable at those roles. Yeah, you're right. I think everyone got their roles defined. And, and just to see the growth within them, like, 
I don't know, man. This this team is special. This team is special to me. I mean, yeah, of course, yeah, you could say 2018. Of course, it's special. But this team is just, I don't know. There's something a little bit different about them. I, I, maybe it's just because we know some of these guys a little more, like, you know, like, I don't know, intimately is the wrong word. But, like, you know, we know them a little bit more because we, we, we have heightened interest because we know we expect them to be good. You know, we know that Lucas Williamson is a journalism major and that he's he's narrating that documentary and we know he cares about social justice. We know Cameron Crutwig is this big goofball who loves to play the harmonica now and you know, he has a little duet with, with Will Alcock. Like we know that, you know, a year Uguac has this this crazy development over the past three years, transferred from New Mexico State. You know, Tate Hall coming from division two. What what the heck's even that? Like who would have thought? Marquise Kennedy, Chicago kid, tough as nails, explosive potential. You know, Braden Norris, undersized, underappreciated, and, and has the biggest game of his life on the biggest stage so far. And you, you know, Jacob Hudson, man, I don't know. He's his story is still yet to be told. But this team is just fun. It's special. Um, I think the biggest thing, my biggest takeaway from from this weekend is no matter what happens from here on out, this team is successful this whatever happens whatever they do wherever they play however many more games this season was a huge huge success they like they they made history they won the regular season they won arch madness they're ranked they're now number 18 they made history that way um and like they're just they just set such a great example for the university it makes me proud to be an alumni it makes me proud to be a citizen of chicago whether it's Porter and he's, you know, might be a little full of himself, but he's such a happy-go-lucky guy. He's so inspirational, I guess, or encouraging. You know, all these guys are just just good models for the university, and, and we haven't even talked about Sister Jean yet. So um, this team is special, man, and it, it's going to definitely hold a very special place in my heart, giving me a lot of joy and, and, and happiness during a time when there's not much of that. So... Um, I don't know, man. I started to get all sappy um, at this late at night on a Monday night, but um, best part is we got more basketball. We do, soon. we do. So yeah, no, I think no, I think uh, this year was so again the way that yeah last year ended. I think they talked about it in the press game conference. Did we really want to dictate this season off? First of all, COVID, and then also, hey, we lost to Valpo in the first round and kind of got our ass kicked. And then also Bradley also, in my opinion, made a statement of being a Valley contender by being back-to-back NBC championship winners and going to the NCAA tournament. So I also think personally this championship made more of a statement onto the program that 2018 wasn't just like, oh, a good team and, oh, you can only do it once with a good team. Like Cam and Luke is refreshment. So like, yeah, they made impacts. Cam stepped up, but like, the impact they're making now as seniors is tremendously and enormously larger than, of course, again, their role they played there as freshmen. So yeah. I think this team is a different team, different guys, but also it's just still sustaining that winning culture. Again, that word will always be said probably with Porter, but just building that program out from winning in 2018 and not being kind of a fluke thing with just a good set of guys, but winning in 2021 now. Um, and again, I, I think the future looks bright. I think we're going to have some interesting things moving forward. But again, as we still got basketball and we got to figure out who our opponent is come this Sunday. 
Yeah, that's the next thing. Uh, Selection Sunday uh, is coming up on this upcoming Sunday, so we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Um, I hope we get a seventh seed, and we can talk about this next week. But the, the nice thing, I guess, I don't know if nice is the right word, but if we do get an eight or a nine, which is uh, probably the most likely scenario, unfortunately, the team that we're going to play is going to be very like similar or you know, less ranked than us. So I know it's all about, you know, we want to win a championship. We want to get as far as possible, but ultimately like winning games, winning a game in March Madness is a huge deal. And, you know, we'll just have to take it one game at a time. I know that's what they're going to do. You know, that's what we're going to try to do. Um, Lou, do you want to make a prediction about our seeding for, (laughs) for next week? Our seeding for next week. Yeah. Um, What do you think we get? I know. I There's one scenario. So someone has sent me and I've sent to someone that we become the ninth seed and then we play Illinois in the second round and we crush them. And we we own the state of Illinois. Yeah. Um, that would be pretty cool. Not going to lie. Um, I really do think we could potentially see ourselves. Um, I think it would be – we're probably going to get that 9-8 seed. I'll be honest yeah. with you. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, Quite honestly, I would rather maybe a 7-10 just so we don't get the number one seed in the second round. But, again, um, we'll, we'll play whoever. I think, you know what, I think this team will bring down the pace of play for many teams and defend differently. So I think it's going to be an interesting kind of uh, wake up. Uh, and if people are asking, like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, there's four teams we're the 18th team. We should be a high seed. I know it's tough to think that we're ranked sixth or 18th in the country right now, but we're not going to be properly, properly um, like a five seed. Uh, that's yeah. just not a thing that's probably going to happen. Um, again, teams have maybe worse records than us who are going to be ahead, but because like they play the Big Ten, so um, it's going to be interesting. Again, though, I think to that statement about like well, why aren't we going to get the higher seed? Uh, I think we could just make statements and this is what you build up for. You build up to go back again next year and be like, oh, Loyola's been here consistently. They're yeah. going to be maybe a six-seed or a five-seed moving forward. So, again, I think that's just what you got to deal with being a mid-major. But my other hope is I hope to see Drake being called on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see that. And, again, they, come Sunday we'll see. Again, a lot of teams have their conference tournaments this week. Uh, not because of anything COVID. We always play early, so – uh, be interesting to see what happens the rest of this week. Yeah, it's fun to be able to to talk about what seed we are rather than yep. did we do enough to get in. That is yeah. a really nice feeling. Um, but yeah, I mean, I honestly, I think that's gonna do it. Um, we've uh, we've really enjoyed this past weekend, and and hopefully we have many more weekends or at least a few more to celebrate. Um, Whoever we play, I know these guys are going to give it their all, and um, and uh, they deserve they deserve to keep playing more basketball. And let's let's hope that they let's hope that they show it on the court and and they're able to keep doing what they love, and that's that's playing the game of basketball. Um, Lou, thank you for joining me for another podcast. Oh, the only other thing, um, keep your eyes peeled. Hopefully, hopefully we have something fun Sunday. That's our hope. Um, one way or another. 
maybe a video, maybe like a tribute type video. So I don't know. Keep your eyes open. We're trying to 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 work on something, and it it's uh, it's coming along, but it'll take some work. So I don't know. That's all I got to say. Will you ready to watch more basketball next week? Two weeks from now. Two weeks from now, I'm excited mm-hmm. to watch more Rambler basketball. Of course, I am. Cool. Sounds good. I am too. Uh, that'll do it from Buck and Lou here at Podcast 63. Thank you all for listening. And don't forget, always remember, go Blurs. Mm-hmm.